Hey there, and happy Throwback Thursday. Hoping your week has been kind so far. It's Katrina again from Team Emily, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. We have an awesome throwback episode for you today about how to handle money blocks and how to understand your worth with Coach Heather Duran. Emily and Heather talk about gaining that understanding that your business is the catalyst for all of your internal growth. Understanding that business and spirituality can actually go seamlessly together. Heather's focus is on helping her clients change their relationship with money. And the two ladies actually talk about how worry can stop the flow of money, as well as projecting your own money beliefs onto your clients. If you'd like to know more about your relationship with money and discover some of those money blocks you might not even know about, then this episode is definitely for you. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. I'm your host, Emily Ahrens. I'm an entrepreneur and highly sought after energy healer with over two decades in practice. I'm a mixture of high vibe energy and cutting edge strategy with a little dash of unfiltered real talk, making this the one and only podcast that gives you a down to earth approach to business and spirituality. Tune in each week to get out of the stress of overworking so you can build a brand in alignment with your soul's purpose. If there's one thing I've learned the hard way, It's that you have to stop looking outside yourself for the answer and start looking within. We all have a unique path and it's time you start trusting in yourself. The truth is you already have everything you need. You just need to learn how to access it. Now, let's dive in. It's time you experience business and soul alignment. Welcome back to the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. I am very excited about this podcast episode today. And hopefully, if all the things work out perfectly as planned, you'll also be seeing this video content as well, which I kind of surprised Heather with, okay, by the way, we're also going to do a video (laughs) just for fun. You know, we always like to mix things up. So my special guest today is Heather Duran, and she is a business finance coach. I have personally known Heather for, I don't know, a few years. Yeah, at least a couple years. I think we're going on our third year. So basically my entire <laughs> online career. And Heather's somebody who is very special to me. And the reason why I invited Heather on the podcast today was because inside of the Mastery and Ascension membership, we, we have these like very open ended like questions and conversations, you know, because it's good to have people who talk woo woo with you, but also can get like really real. And so somebody had posed the question. I actually had to ask Heather. I'm like, I know it started a Facebook group, but like, where was, was it? She reminded me. So it was in the Mastering Ascension membership. And somebody said, how do you clear money blocks? I feel like I'm super blocked. And how do you do it? And so Heather had this really great answer. And then we were kind of back and forth high-fiving each other. And we're like, we should totally do a class. So then I'm like, you know what? Let's do a class on a podcast. So that's what's kind of led us here today. So Heather, let's sort of like chat about who you are. How did you get to where you are here and share a little bit about your journey of coming into my weird world? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I just want to say thank you. And I am super excited to be here too. Um, I do have notes. I, I planned notes here. So I originally met you a couple of years ago. I found you through like a mutual friend and I had um, just started to dip my toe into this like spiritual world. I knew there was always like magic in the universe and, but I didn't really like 
I never identified with it or never identified that it was there. And so somebody had said, Hey, you know, like turn me on to Abraham Hicks. And I was listening to Abraham Hicks one day and she's like, you know, if you will just get quiet for five minutes a day and meditate, you know, you'll just, these things will come through. And I'm like, what the hell is she talking about? (laughs) And so it was like divine timing that I had found you. And like, that's what you were talking about was meditating and like how to meditate and how to use it in your business and, you know, that type of thing. So I really found you in in complete divine timing. So cool. Yeah. And then you were uh, doing your business made simple. It was your very first round of business made simple. And I remember not even knowing if I qualified for it because I'm like, well, I'm an accountant and I like do numbers and like, I'm wanting to kind of learn about this number, you know, this like metaphysical thing, this meditation thing. Like, do I even qualify? And I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember you wondering if you would qualify. I feel like at that point, because it was a beta and I literally sold it saying like, I have this idea and there's literally nothing yet, but you're going to be in this room with me while I'm creating it. I'm going to create it for you and with you and all that. And there was a number of people from different backgrounds. And that's why I also created because I, when I channeled that program, I felt like it was for light workers of all varieties not just the hands-on healers and acupuncturists or massage therapists, but we had hairstylists, makeup artists, a personal trainers, you're an accountant. I had, oh my gosh, like so many different varieties. And I was like, yes, I want all these different styles of businesses under one roof. So because I want to give you that left brain strategy with that woo-woo, like you got the metaphysical, the mindset, that esoteric stuff too. Um, yeah. Isn't that crazy how that happens? Like, you know, and, and I thought too, because well, it's like, well, this is like only for spiritual like healers and stuff like that. And I had never like identified as, you know, any type of like light worker or, you know, really knowing what intuition was. Like I knew I had like feelings about stuff and yeah, like after taking the course and like just working with you at all, I've just really, been able to connect with my intuition on a completely new level. I will say that my business started when I started my business a couple of years ago, I had just found you. My business looks completely different. I have been able to mix the two together of, you know, here is like your finance side, but then here is, you know, your mindset side. Here's like the woo side. Here's the spiritual side of your connection with money. And it's, it's been hard for me. I know, like, I I understand like what healers go through and like, you know, they're like, I I want to do this thing and I want to come out of the closet. Essentially. I had that experience of, oh my God, I'm coming out of the closet essentially because my family, like this was even new to me. My family didn't know that was like a thing that I was even into. And so it's been a pleasant surprise to know who has also kind of come out of the closet. Like family members have messaged me and been like, oh my God, I've had this, this, like this entity or this ghost who I, I I'm experiencing, I've experienced for many years and I've been able to have conversations with them. And she's like, well, when I have conversations with other people, they think I'm crazy. And I'm like, no, like I totally get what you're saying. And so it's opened up so many doors. 
Yeah, I'm so glad. And I really love that you're talking about how, you know, from the finance world, like, I don't think we get any more left brain than like talking numbers, <laughs> right? It doesn't get further from that direction. And then bringing in the woo. And it's so funny because from the outside, as an observer of your work, I've seen exactly what you've described is this huge transformation that's happened as you've stepped out and sort of come out of your woo woo closet a little bit. But what's happening is it actually looks very seamless. It's like, as you're having these awakenings and realizations, it's like these light bulbs, I'm watching them. I'm like, they're all like, boom, boom, boom. Like they're all like turning on. And it's almost, it's almost having you dive deeper into your financial stuff because you're like, now I can do it on this different level. So, I mean, just as an observer, I just think that it's been really a beautiful process to watch you, how you've been evolving. Yeah. And that's exciting that you kind of been here, like through it, especially like helping mentor me through just different things. So I can imagine like as, you know, like a mentor to be able to see that. So yeah, it's super cool. I mean, and I mean, I, and I don't say this to every single student or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's the people like Heather who are doing the work. And by doing the work, what I mean is she has a regular practice and what a regular practice means to each and every one of us is different. All I'm asking is like a minute every day just to breathe and relax. And just like Abraham Hicks says, like, just receive for five minutes. (laughs) Um, But people who are not doing the work and they're spinning and going, 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 and they're not really listening and tuning in, those are the people who struggle the most, whether it's in life or through courses or through working with me or any other coach, but it's people like Heather. And if you're like Heather and you're like, I really do want to have bigger breakthroughs. I really do want to see more results. I really do want to identify money blocks and shift them. Well, it doesn't just happen where you wake up one morning, like sleeping beauty, awaking from your dead <laughs> sleep. And like, Good. The world has changed. <laughs> you have to do the work and it, and it can be hard. It can, it can, it can shake things up. It can shake relationships. It can shape, shake all kinds of things up. So you know, we're showing you Heather's like highlight reel right now of like, look at how great she's doing. <laughs> Woo! Um, and also I will say that I invited Heather because of this work that she does. And look, I can see from a mile away people who do the work or who people who do not and like stick their head in the sand. <laughs> and last year when we reopened Business Made Simple, I invited Heather to be one of the coaches because we had a gr- a big group of people who came in and I said, you know what, you've been through the course, you've had great results. I would love to see you also mentor people because I know that, you know, what I bring is great, but I'm not the only one who can offer, you know, help here. And that's also part of what I believe is my work to do is to help other people to do this work so they can help other people. So if I'm the only one holding the torch, like I'm really not helping that many people. What my job is, is to light your torch and other people's torches so that you then can do that. So that's what my definition of a light worker is someone who's here to shine their light so that other people can shine theirs too. And you've now taken this torch and shown this light in your own way in your business. So let's get into money blocks, shall we? Because we could like, we could probably stay here for a while, but I feel like you know, let's get to the meat of it, of, you know, answering that, that woman's question, how do you clear money block? So let's, let's just dive right in, Heather. Yeah. So my question uh, immediately, like, I know there's a lot of like healers that are just like, oh, well, you know, just you, you do this like work to like clear through like this metaphysical work. But my answer to that is um, always going to be, and 
you have to take an action, right? Yes, I agree. So, so that's kind of like where this discussion is going. But like the first thing that I like to talk about is to ask you the question, what is your relationship with your money? Mm. And so what I mean by that is really to like look at it and say, okay, let's say that your money is your partner, your husband. Okay. If you're a female, you have a husband or whatever. Um, and just think about like other things or whatever. Yeah. I mean like, so I just say like, okay, let's just say husband for sake of, you know, terminology here. So your money is like your husband, like your spouse, and he comes home from work. Your money, uh, comes in. Okay. Mm -hmm. Comes into your bank account and we become very excited. We're like, yay, you know, money's here. We love on it. Our husband's home. We're excited. We're going to sit down and like watch TV and we're going to hang out with our money. We're going to hang out with our husband. Okay. So what happens is, is that our money has to leave to go work. Our husband (laughs) has to leave to go to work. So, you know, your money is you leaving so it can pay your phone bill, it can pay your internet bill, it can pay your coaching bill, it can pay these bills to go out and work so that it can come back. Mm-hmm. But what we do is what we we get stuck in the process of like we're like, no, 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 you can't leave. You know, <laughs> we want to hold on to the money and we're like, no, you can't go anywhere. And so what happens is, is we stop that flow for it to go out and work so that it can come back. Mm-hmm. And so then what happens, let's just like picture it in your mind with like your spouse. If you get pissed off enough times because they're leaving and you're like, oh my God, I don't know if you're coming back. You might go out and cheat on me. There's not enough in the world. Like all that stuff. If you do that enough times to your spouse, your significant other, they're not going to be excited to come back to you. They're not going to be excited to come home to you. And so this here is the start of the conversation that I have with people is what is your relationship with your money? Mm. How do you treat your money when it comes in? But how do you treat your money when it comes, when it goes out? Do you trust that it's going to come back to you? Like, do you appreciate it? Do you love on it? Are you paying attention to it? So another thing too, is that, you know, this is like, I get on a soapbox here, but are you paying attention? Do you know where your money's going? Do you know where your money's going? So here's the thing. Like, let's just picture it. We're scrolling through our phone. We go on our app, you know, on our, on our app for our bank account And for some of us, we have a hard time even doing that. There's this like heartbeat that happens. We get really anxious. Like we're going to go into our bank account. Oh, that used to be me. I was like, oh, I won't put the last password. I'm like, that used to be me. me." Yes. And so here's the thing you have a, yes, like we can talk about it. Like, yes, there's a block. There's something there. There's like money mindset stuff that's going on. But we can go to a healer and we can work through those things. But if you don't actually take the step to go into the app and you don't take the steps to have a better relationship with your money, it won't, you won't be able to fully clear the block essentially. Yeah. So you're ignoring it. You're sort of like accepting defeat and like, I'll just stick my head in the sand and hope and pray that everything is going to be all right. 
Yeah, which goes back to the work part, like, you know, of like, you know, we want to meditate, we want to have this like deeper connection with our spirit and our guides and stuff like that. But then we never take the time to actually connect with them. We never take the time to do the work. And so that's basically when it comes to your money, like, yes, we can do the work around like healing our money blocks and healing our mindset and stuff like that. But we have to actually do stuff. We have to take steps. So one thing I see is that people, you know, they'll log into the account, super like nervous. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of things around that. And then they'll do the scroll. We scroll through. We're like, yep, I got, I got money. Yay. I, a client paid me. I had whatever. We get excited. Then the next thing is, oh, there's my cell phone bill. Yep. There's my coaching bill. And then we start to get a panicky and you know, all of that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So is that like a, a lack mentality? Is it feeling, is, what do you think that it's attributed to? I think that it contributes to a lot of, a lot of it has to do with like your past, like mm. your past relationship with your money. Now, some of it could go into, you know, like different like lifetimes. Like you've mm-hmm. talked a lot about like, this could come from lifetimes, but a lot of it too is like, we carry a lot of money stories from our family. Like we we have beliefs around money that start when we're very, very young. Like we see how our parents struggled. We, and we also pick up on like our beliefs around money from our family members, our loved ones. Like, for example, like my dad had a certain opinion about money and, and it's very hard to come by and like owning your own business. Like I learned owning your own business is that means you have to be married to your business. Like you have to work, you know, a thousand hours a week. And like, you just have to do all this craziness, like business owners, like owning a business is really hard. Mm -hmm. So I've had to work through like that relationship with like, is that true? Or Mm -hmm. is that a belief? But here's the thing is that our parents and our loved ones are just passing on their beliefs from their parents. And a lot of it too is like we come from, we've been raised by a generation of people who lived through the Great Depression. Right. And that I think has made a huge difference in so many of our lives. Like our grandparents, a lot of us for our grandparents then have passed that on to the par- or their parents who have passed it on to us, depending on what generation you're in. And so we are really like in the residual in my, from what I've been able to tell, we're in the, a lot of the residual effects of the Great Depression that was like 80, 90 years ago. Right. Yeah. I I agree with that. And those money beliefs uh, and blocks, like you mentioned a little bit, is coming through not just generations in our cellular memory, in our DNA, um, through lifetimes. And it goes, it stretches, you know, from the beginning of time, hundreds of thousands of lifetimes of this. Because typically when I work with clients and we're, we're, we're finding some sort of block around money, it's, it's showing up in this lifetime as a, like a reference, like a focal point. But what it's clearing is like so, so many. And sometimes you go back to like the potato famine. Sometimes you go back to being in prison. <laughs> sometimes you go back into them being healers in the woods and being secretive and they couldn't make money or else they would be found. It's like these, like I'm getting chills. Like, like there's all these like crazy reasons that sometimes we just haven't identified or they were a monk or they were a, a priest and they made a vow. They took a vow of poverty to yes. do what they want. And like, that's crazy stuff that shows up over. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've cleared vows of poverty. <laughs> I just all learned behavior too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. A lot of this is like, yes, 
it's like inside of like who we are, but two, even if you go back generations, a lot of this is just a learned behavior. Like we learned this from some type of people that helped that were surrounded by us. And so we've just like, we've done what we know to do, which is like, you know, feel scared about money and, and want to hold on to it and stuff like that, because that's how our parents, our grandparents, our generations have always done it. Yeah, for sure. So you were talking about looking at your bank account. <laughs> the scroll. <laughs> the scroll, yes. <laughs> the scroll. It's like Facebook, okay? Yeah. You, you get into the scroll, okay? And, and, you know, the emotions start to come out, all that stuff. But here's the thing that I find is that when I ask the question to people, business owners, and whether it's personal finance or business finance, put it together in and look at, actually look at it. Like, do you actually know? you know, well, what is the total income you made last month? What is the total expense that you had? You know, what are all of the expenses? When you put that stuff together in one document and you actually look at the whole pie of it, this is when the magic happens in my experience. This is when your intuition comes out, is when you actually can look at the whole picture because, you know, like I've experienced, oh my gosh, look at how much money I made. Like sometimes we don't really actually know how much money we made. I agree. A sale and we see a sale and we see a sale. We don't actually know. And, and so it just right there is like the perfect place to start. I love that. And I hope that you're going to be able to share a bit of a process through one of your master classes when we do the business made simple mastermind Yes, I have a whole process on this. <laughs> I this is what I love to do because and, and for me even so like this is a perfect place to share like for me even to be able to talk about okay, this is the tactical things that you do, but then how do you use it in like your intuition? Like how mm-hmm. do you bring in like your metaphysical gifts that you have into this like tactical space of looking at your finances. Yeah. And so this is where I've been able to, you know, do work to come out of like my closet because people look at me or accountants or finance people and go, Oh, well, they just do finance and they just do taxes or they just do whatever. But, um, for me, I, you know, it's been scary. It's been scary for me to like come out of that closet. Yeah. So what are some ways that you use your intuition when it comes to looking at these numbers? So, you know, it's different for everyone and it's different for me every time. But some of the things that happen is, you know, you'll look at the money and you'll see like income. Like, for example, I mean, it's probably happened to you. Like, you'll see like, oh my gosh, like, look at how much money I made last month or look at how much money I made last quarter. Yeah. And it's a tone too. It's like in how you talk to yourself too, yeah. because how many people look at them might look at the money and go, Oh, I made a thousand dollars this month mm-hmm. and be really excited about that. And like, wow, look at all the things that I did. Or they might look at it and go, Oh, I only made a thousand dollars this month. Like totally. and really be hard on themselves and that type of thing. And then this is where like the mindset work comes in of like, you're looking at it, but then how are you again, back to the relationship? Like, how are you feeling appreciative of it. How are you paying attention to it? All of those things. Hmm. So that's, that's some of it. Yeah. I know. I know there are times, uh, like we've, I've talked to multiple people where 
um, they've come off of a launch. It's the same kind of thing that you, the conversation you just said is like, there are two people and they get the same result. And one person is pissed and one person is ecstatic. And I think when it, beyond just money, it's, it's about everything is the meaning that we're giving things. What does it mean? What does it mean about us? What does it mean about the product or the service or the thing that you're selling versus just taking it as information and understanding how to pivot or, or shift. And so I feel like I'm interrupting you. I'm like, I'm going to keep going. (laughs) And so the blocks that you mentioned about having to work hard to make money, money's hard to come by, money doesn't grow on trees. These are some blocks that I know I I should get the reference of which podcast episode it was. I think it's 41 that I do a money block clearing, but I do money block clearings pretty regularly around, around these parts because there's always people who are ready to clear some stuff. And in whenever we, whenever I'm hosting a money block clearing online, there's tons and tons of people who show up for this. And people have told me, I listened to it multiple times as well. And so again, Heather kind of mentioned this at the beginning, which is getting the energy to move and and identifying the blocks is a piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole answer because you're not going to wake up one day like, oh, I did an energy clearing for my money and it should be taken care of, right? But what Heather is as advising you is to just kind of look through all of your numbers and actually put them on paper um, or maybe on a spreadsheet, I guess, and really take a good hard look at what's coming in and what's going in. Um, if you do take yourself and your business seriously, I would highly recommend using a software that can do that for you and also kind of sort it so that you can look at, okay, where are where's my income? What sorts of income? How much of my income is coming from which directions? That's one thing that somebody recently was like, so what percentage of your income comes from these different areas? I'm like, oh, well, you had to go and ask me that, didn't you? (laughs) And it's like, I know like roughly, you know, where things are coming from. I only offer so many things to sell, but I didn't know the percentage. And that was like, oh, that's a deeper level of, of knowledge. So let me ask you this. So when you actually looked at it, because I'm guessing this was a while back. So when you actually looked at it, can you tell me like some immediate things that came up for you when you saw the numbers? So when I saw the numbers, I actually thought, so I do one-on-one energy clearing and soul strategy sessions. They used to be called soul book editings, but I keep those sessions so few and so limited because I reserve them really for my Phoenix mentorship ladies. I just kind of assumed that I was doing like a few here and there, which that's what it felt like I was doing. And I was shocked to see how much money was coming in for those sessions. And it's, it was like, I I actually didn't think it was going to be like such a, a, a a blip on the radar. And it was, I was like, here's my three modes. I have the Phoenix mentorship. I have business made simple. I have my mastering Ascension membership. Those are my three vehicles. And then here comes like the silent killer with like a big number, like, Oh, well, well, okay. (laughs) So that was me not realizing the impact that those sessions were having. Cause it was just kind of like, a sporadic here and then I wasn't giving it any attention. And this is, and then, then that's what I call, this is where the magic comes in is like, okay, then you can look at that and say, okay, so what's going on here? Is there something here? And then you can tune into your intuition to be like, you know, 
should I do more of this? What should I, should I do Pimrosh? I mean, like, this is where the magic starts to come in is right there. So once you can get the numbers and look at the data, these questions that seem so like normal, maybe to you to be like, oh, well, you know, just whatever the questions, but really it's a deeper level that comes in. So yeah. So I, I imagine what happened to you is the next day or that week ideas started to flow through. Yeah. Yeah. So what it does is it actually opens up. It's like that conduit to open up the flow of ideas, creativity. So we always want, like, we always look at it and go, how the hell do we get creativity to come through? How do you, this is a vehicle right here. Mm. Mm. And so you're a hundred percent right. Because at that point I was feeling like something has to shift with those sessions. Like they weren't, they weren't feeling right. And usually when that when I get those nudges, it's time to increase the price. And I increase my price regularly and not just on January 1st. So just as a, <laughs> like, I know some people are like, well, I have to wait to the first of the year. I'm like, why? It's <laughs> rule. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, when you raise your prices, you raise your level that's coming through. You raise your clientele and like this whole new window of opportunity shows up for you. Yes. So what was actually happening in the background was some of my peers who are lovely, lovely people who give me those little nudges, like, you know what, what if you had a session that was like $2,500 an hour? I'm like, what? Like, I just like, (laughs) you know, kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit. And I was like, that would be great. Um, (laughs) But I don't know exactly what I'd be providing for that. And so like, then I started having these like, uh, but, but, but what she did was she opened the door for the conversation. And then when I started looking at, okay, I'm seeing all these clients, but actually that's not me serving at my highest level. I'm looking to focus my energy and attention for the Phoenix mentorship. And if I have space on my calendar, I will take somebody who is ready for a massive shift in transformation and they're not going to get it if they're like a dime a dozen. And I mean, look, I am by no means like this like low ticket offer by, by any stretch, but what it told me and also the realization that I'm aligning myself to a million dollar year. And so my hourly rate is actually not that rate. And so all these pieces started to come together and I'm like, I, I actually can't keep my rates at this, at this price. And when I raised you out of your comfort zone. Yes. And, and so I think that's where like, even people that are looking to like join your programs is, you know, they're always like, you know, scared and that type of thing. So I mean, this is the work right here is being able to push yourself outside of your comfort zone enough to be able to see the impact so that you can make these changes so that you can be serving at your highest level. Absolutely. And, and I did, I took the cue. I told my team and I was like, so (laughs) I, I'm going to raise my prices and they're like, okay, great. And I was, and I was like, okay. (laughs) Like, so the act of raising your prices is literally like tick, tick, tock, and you press enter on your computer. Like, it's a simple action. It's actually yes. hard to raise your prices. It's a very simple action. <laughs> In fact, I can type numbers all day long. 
it's a simple action. It's that, yes. it's that mindset. It's that energy of overcoming the fear and overcoming that, oh, that that's the work. And so I'm realizing yes. I'm being guided by multiple directions that it's time. Like sister, you got to raise your prices. No matter how scared you are, it's time to serve at a higher level. There's more that's coming through you and it's not going to come through at the price that you're at. You must raise your prices so that the energy can meet you there. And yes, so absolutely. I was like, okay, I changed my prices. And I literally said, I go, well, I just opened up my schedule because like, I'm going to, I said, I cleared my schedule because no one's going to book me at this price. And I was like making a joke, but there was obviously some truth to that and some resistance that I was feeling. And within three days, I was away leading a retreat. I get a message that somebody booked a session at the new right. And I was like, well, look at my guys like calling me out like that because that's the thing. It's like the energy can shift so fast. And as soon as it does, look at that. There's people who are on the other side going, great, I'm ready for you because I wasn't ready at this price. Then I had another person reach out and she's like, look, I need to book you for December and January on either ends of my event. I can't. <laughs> and I'm like, I just increased my prices. And she's like, great. Okay. Just put me in. I'm like, okay. So I think that's what we have to look at. And I'm okay sharing that because that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, and that's a true testament to you doing the work. And two, the other thing too, is like, we get in the way of accepting money from our clients. Yes. So we, our beliefs, we put our beliefs. I mean, you kind of just alluded to it. Like we put our beliefs around money onto our clients. Yes. So like, you were like, oh, but I'm, I'm really expensive. I think I'm really expensive. I just raised my prices and your clients like, I don't care. I love what you do and I want to pay you for what you're doing. And we do this all the time in our business. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, if you don't take the steps to, you know, it's like you said, like, it's just typing in numbers, like for going into your app for your bank, like you log into your bank, like that's, it's not the action of it. It's the underlying meaning that we give it and the energy that we give it. Yes. Can I have you discuss the word worth a little bit? Because that is a, like, it's almost like a dirty word. I cannot tell you how many, so, so at the time of this recording right now, it's a couple weeks before abundance week. Okay. And we have got hundreds of people who are um, waiting on approval to be let into our pop-up group. And the questions that we're asking people before they come into the group and approve them to come in are basically like, what's your story around money? Is there anything that you feel like you're blocked around? And I have lost track of how many people have put the word worth, knowing my worth, believing my worth, believing my, my services are worth it. What's your take on this word? So here's my initial like, thought that comes to me is it's all relative. <laughs> it's all relative to your experience. I was talking to um, a lady that lives in California. I'm originally from California. And I, I mentioned her, I was like, wow, you know, the cost of living, it's just a lot there. Like, it's really expensive there. Like, yeah, see me talking about this. Right. And so she says to me, she says, yeah, but you know, it's all relative. Like, you know, we make a little bit more money here, right. but, you know. And, and really that's the crux of worth and value is that it's relative to you, yeah. to your energy, to your emotion, to your experience. If you live in a third world country, 
very expensive means something different to that person that lives in the third world country than it is to me in the United States. My place on value in California is very different because I have a different look at what to what money might mean to me where I'm living right now. And I think that this is where the conversation of capacity and your capacity to receive abundance comes in. Mm. And I'm sorry. No, no, no. Keep going. I'm going to write down. (laughs) You're on a tear. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. So what comes up for me, and I love to talk about this, is the um, Gay Hendricks talks about it in his book about the temperature gauge Mm -hmm. and about like our capacity to receive love, abundance, money is like a temperature gauge. Mm -hmm. We get to this place where the temperature in our house kind of gets a little, like maybe, maybe it's turning into summer. It's getting a little hot and we got to go and we want to turn that temperature gauge up. So like our, we start to get, you know, we start to receive money. We start to receive stuff. And so what we do is we want to turn that temperature gauge back down and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't really, this is not comfortable for me. I'm not used to this. And so I experienced this when I, um, I, I'm living in South Carolina now and I've lived here for six years. Well, I used to live in Michigan and six years ago I went to visit my mom in Texas and I was like, oh my God, this heat is awful. It's horrible but I've been living in South Carolina and I went and visited her this summer and it was like, wow, this is not that bad at all. Right. But this is the same thing that we do. We place it on our worth. We place it on our value. We place it on our money is that we become uncomfortable with receiving more love, receiving more abundance. And so what we have to do is acknowledge it that I'm actually blocking the flow of money. I'm blocking the flow of abundance because I'm not comfortable with it. Right. And so that's where you really need to be aware. It starts with being aware of what is valuable to you. What does it mean to you? And really, is that a belief or is that true? And I want to play devil's advocate because there are so many people who are crying poor mouth out there. Okay. And I, I'm not saying that to belittle. I'm saying that just in jest, to joke, because people reach out to me. You know, I have a, a wide variety, variety of products and services and classes that people can buy at various price points. And yet, I have had people complain about a $9 meditation. I am broke. I don't have money. They send me these diatribes, these emails that are like endless without punctuation for the record that are just like, this is my story and these are my circumstances and this is my life and this is what's happened to me and I can't afford it. And, you know, like these long stories. So as much as you can say, well, you know, this is your gauge and what you're used to and what, and I call it, how much can I tolerate? Because really it's your tolerance level because we, you're right. We get used to a certain temperature. We get used to a certain amount of love, a certain amount of money, all of that. We get used to that. And we're used to functioning around that, that place. And then as soon as something starts to shift and just to shake, we are naturally uncomfortable, even if it's yes. like so good. And I can give you an example of my husband. When I met my husband, I had come from a relationship. My, my boyfriend was like aloof. He really didn't like give me much attention. <laughs> and, then, and then he would give me a lot of attention. Then he would ghost me and I'd be like, 
I don't know what's happening. But, <laughs> but my husband now, when he first met me, he came on so strong. He would go to Whole Foods and buy me like the, my favorite things and then cook me dinner and take my dog out while I was working. I was like, I don't know who you are, but this is a work for me. It was like everything that I possibly wanted and more, but then it was like, I couldn't handle it. Like, like my body was like, like twitching. <laughs> And that's where you self-sabotage. Yes. For sure. And that's where, you know, like in our business, we do it all the time. We, we start to get clients in and you kind of alluded to it earlier. We start to get these things like the ball starts rolling down the hill and then we go, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. This is going too fast. I can't handle this. And then that's where like, we don't show up to calls or we don't show up to things or we don't try to promote ourselves or we don't go online. We do these things to self-sabotage. It's all in the way of self-sabotaging. But like you had asked a question, like devil's advocate here, but here's the thing is that all these things, it's a circumstance. Yes. It is a circumstance. And when you can start to shift your thinking to not, I can't afford it but how can I afford it? How can I make this possible? If this is truly in alignment for me, if this is my next step in my business, this is the next evolution for me in my, in this lifetime, how can I make this happen? And that is where you know, if you let it, that's where your intuition will come in. That's where your guides will come in and things, that's when the magic happens. But you have to be willing to ask the question, how can I? Not I can't. I agree. And when we say I can't because of time, money, or energy, we are basing those decisions on our current circumstances. And when we make any decision based on our current circumstances, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough money. We repeat them. Yes. That's how it works. And so I'd rather like, if I said, Heather, Hey, you want to join this program? And she says, I just don't have the money. I would talk to her about that. (laughs) And I want to get under that. I want to get her real answer because the surface level is I don't have it. I don't have money. I don't have time. I don't have energy. But what's really underneath that? I would rather have Heather say, you know what, this, this timing isn't right for me. I like the sound of your program, but the timing just isn't right. And let's maybe look at it another time. I would rather have an honest conversation in that way versus like glaze over. And actually I had a client who said she actually, she applied for my mentorship, which is my highest, my highest ticket offer. Um, and she applied and she was so excited. We had our call. I wanted to hear about her business and she was like fully on board. And she's like, this is like the gift of a lifetime. I've been wanting to work with you for so long. And I said, okay, great. I'm a hell yes. Like you're, you're a great fit. I think you're going <laughs> to add to the, the group. And then it was the, then you could start to see the feet starting to backpedal. Like, and it was, well, I need to talk to my husband first. Like, and for anybody who's done sales calls in any way, you know that that, what that means, right? So it's like, let's have the conversation right now. Let's just play it because let's play this out. Because either it's going to go one of two ways when you, quote, talk to your husband. Either you're going to approach your husband and say, okay, I found this amazing woman. I've been following her. Her work is life-changing. And I can't even believe it, but she's accepted me into the program. And it's, it's a stretch, but I'm a hell yes. And here's how I'm going to make this happen. Exactly like what you yes. said. The second version is 
I had this person that I really like to work with and I, I know it's a lot of money and I'm kind of scared about that and I don't want to take it away from the family and I know what you're going to say it's just another program, but I really want to know if I can do it because I feel like this could really help me. That's called asking for permission. Yeah. And when and we, we're so conditioned to it is the yes. thing. Like that's our natural response to say, oh, I can't afford that. Yeah. Yeah. In asking for permission, then it's like, well, are you waiting for your husband to give you permission to have spiritual and financial growth? Is it, is that his to give you permission to do? Because that's what's really, that's what you're really saying when you're asking for permission versus being empowered and saying, look, this is the choice I'm making. And what Heather was saying too, is when you ask the universe the question and you open up that channel of intuition to come in, you're actually opening up for possibility. When you say, I can't afford it, you're living based on a lack mindset saying, look, I have a hundred dollars and there's only a hundred dollars here. There will be no more than a hundred dollars ever. Okay. Well look around you. Maybe you could sell some stuff. Maybe you could offer something one time just to squeak in a few extra hundred bucks. Maybe you could, I don't know, wait tables for like or a bartender. Like there are so many possibilities and that's the difference in mindset of successful people successful entrepreneurs and people who are still saying I'm broke and I have money blocks and I have nothing to show for it. Because what I've seen in successful entrepreneurs, which I'm sure you could, you've seen too, which is like, well, if this is something I want, I'm going to make it happen. I will find a way. I will find a way to allow this to happen and to shift things so that this can, this can work out. And maybe I don't even know the answer right now, but I'm going to be open to hearing what, what's possible. Yeah. And that's where things show up. So like, I mean, when I've, I've done this before, I've been like, you know, I really want to do this. And I remember the first time that there was something I really wanted to do. And I was like, well, you know what? I, I'm not sure. And, but I like, I remember like tuning in to my guides and like, okay, so I really want to do this. Like, how can we make this happen? And like randomly, I would get these like sales or I would randomly have people, maybe random, not random people reach out to me and say like, Hey, you know, like I see that you're doing this thing. I want to pay you to do it. And, and that's the magic. Like that when you're opening up for these possibilities to happen, that's when like people come into your life and situations or like you get checks in the mail or whatever. Like that is when things just happen. I guess they just happen, but like you show up and then the universe is like, yeah, you, you know, I think it's, I think it is in for your best and highest. And, and then, you know, that's when the magic happens, but you have to be open to receiving is really the point. I agree. And the other problem in that, that idea and that concept is that we sort of have, you know, that image of like the cartoon with the devil on the shoulder and the angel on the shoulder, (laughs) and they're like screaming at each other. We always have this part of our brain. It's the reptilian brain that's wired for survival. And it's not your fault that every time you see something that shows up for you, you think of the worst case scenario and you think of doomsday. Like if I spend this money everything is going to fall apart and I will die and I'll be left alone, homeless to wither away and starve to death. Like you think of the worst case scenarios, like your brain is like, 
okay, well, if I invest in a coach and spend $10,000 right now, and like the breathing stops, right? The air goes out of the room and like the devil's like, the devil's advocate is like, not advocate, the, the, the ego and the part of you that's trying to keep you safe is like, don't do it, you'll die. And it convinces you of all the reasons based on your brain it's going to show you images of like the worst case scenario. Remember that one time that you spent the money and you regretted it. Yes. It's like, it's going to show you all this terrible stuff, these terrible stories. And that's your fear. And that's that part of us that we always will feed. We keep feeding it. We keep feeding it. And it's, remember that, um, oh my gosh, that wonderful, um, it's like a Native American story about the, the boy asks the man about which wolf to feed, which one, um, which one will win? There's a wolf that oh man, I'm going to butcher. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> everyone who's everyone who knows the story is like banging their head against the wall. Like, oh, you're doing this disturbing. So basically, the story is like there's a boy talking to a man, and he's talking about like, well, you know, there's a, there's always these two wolves. There's a part of you. There's these two wolves. One that is your fear. One that is your faith. And he says, well, which one? And they're always fighting. He says, and he said the boy says, well, which one wins? And he says, whichever one you feed. And so. That is the whole point, which is if you feed your fear and that lack scarcity mindset of I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, and you keep feeding that and you keep listening and watching those doomsday stories play out in your head and you stop and and you don't invest in yourself and you don't stretch yourself and you don't open up for miracles to happen, that's where you're going to stay versus there's this whole opportunity. This is what Heather is trying to uh, get across, which is there's this faith. There's this faith, this undying faith, like it's possible. And I know my success is inevitable. And maybe there's parts of me that are scared of that, but I know it to be true. I know that this is what's in my highest and best. And if I know that this is a real possibility, then I'm going to also open up to any opportunities that present themselves to allow this to come into my life right now. And so when you focus on your faith, and I mean, this could be a religious conversation as well, but in, in the spiritual context is asking, and this is like this, we call it the margin for magic. We're asking yes. for the universe, for God, for angels, for loved ones, for family, for friends, for any sort of miracle to show up, to guide us towards this direction. And I'm detached from how that looks. It could look like a random check in the mail. It could look like some random sales that just show up. It could look like some new client who's like, I literally don't even know who you are and you just booked a session that I just raised my prices on. Okay. It could look like somebody, you know, happening to find, this is happening. These are real circumstances. Yeah. A client who just happened to watch me in my car crying about this literal story, fear and faith and how I used to live my life in fear. And I didn't focus on faith. And she saw me talking about that. She signed up for my program immediately. She's like, this is it. You find those opportunities because the, the fear tells you it's going to be, it's going to take forever. You're never going to get all that money. It's going to take ages. But when you look at your actual numbers, you can go like yesterday, I did an upgrade. I upgraded my Kajabi account. I have been waiting to upgrade my Kajabi account forever. Okay. <laughs> And I did it yesterday. And so my team and I were keep joking. We're like, we're on the pro plan now. And like, you know, <laughs> we are pros because what we're talking about is we're making decisions. What would a million dollar business do? We are aligning to that and that alone. But as soon as we do that, then like somebody on my team goes, oh, that's only two 
such and such. That's only one such. Like when you look at the dollars and cents, if that's $3,000, what does that mean? How, how do I make $3,000? I can make $3,000 in one sale. I can make it in two. I can make it in 10. There's yeah. all these different ways, that, but it can happen instantly as well. Yeah. And I have people reaching out like, oh, do you take one-on-one coaching clients? I mean, that right there is three times that. There's money always around and it's always coming in. And I feel like there's part of the money blocking people is they feel like it can only come through hard work and effort right. and energy. Exactly. Expended. Yeah. And I think that that's where like people will ask, okay, so, you know, when you have, you know, like devil, the devil's advocate kind of mm-hmm. come in and the doomsday scenario, like, you know, the initial response, like what we always want to tell people is, oh, you know, just ignore it. And, and, oh, you know, just, you know, hope that it goes away and let's bury it. And that's a big thing too, that I see is that, you know, especially when it comes to your money, well, you know, just ignore it and, you know, it'll just magical happen or whatever. Mm. But here's the thing is you have to actually like basically talk to it, like talk through the scenario. Okay. So what if that thing happens? Okay. So then this, and then this, and then and when you actually follow the path of your ego, it, you are surprised to know that it's actually not as bad as your, your ego initially led you to believe. I, totally um, I had a situation like happened to me about like, oh my gosh, you know, something might happen. And I, I was having to go to court with a client and this whole thing. And I was like, well, what if they like sue me and I like lose my business? And, and my mentor is like, okay, so they sue you and you lose your business. What are you going to do? And I mm-hmm. said, well, I'll just start another business. And she was like, okay, then there you go. Like, it's actually like you overcome all of these things that, you know, you think is just so bad. Yeah. It's really not as bad as you think it is. I completely agree. I call it follow the fear because we, we take like one step down the fear path. I'm like, no, walk me down. Let's do it. I want to see what this really looks like. Let's go down that path because, okay, well, I invest in a program or I invest in a coach and it doesn't work. Okay, keep going. Then what? Then what? Like, because then exactly like Heather said, I mean, hers was in like one step, but some people have like 10 steps of fear, like, okay, and then this will happen. And then this will happen. But in every single circumstances, you can find a place of resilience. Yeah. And you can find a place like, oh, well, I guess if that were to happen, then here's the solution. And you come up with your own lifesaver. You come up with your own lifeboat. You come up with a way to bail yourself out or to shift things or to change them. And nothing is as scary as we think it is when we actually just look at it. Like when you go like, ha, and then you hide. It's like, okay, that was scary. (laughs) But like, maybe it was just like, you know, a little scary, but we have to, we have to face it. So I would love for you to share maybe some action steps for people. I think what I've heard you say, number one, is to make a list and write out everything, all the things that are kind of coming and going with your money. Yes. I mean, that is really the first step is to really look at what's going on financially for you. And, you know, if the resistance is coming up, you want to look at 
what is the resistance? Like we talked about, like, what is the ego? What is the fear? Like what is going on? That's where like, you know, your spiritual work can come into play, but really starting to look at your num your numbers and look at your money. And then that's where you can start to ask these questions. That's when like intuitive hits are going to happen for you in your business. And that's, in my opinion, that's where the true magic happens. I agree. And I think the intuitive hits that people might be like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean, what? yeah, I mean, even like Emily talked about, it's it, like you think that it's like this big, like, you know, like light comes out of the sky and stuff. But really, like Emily said, it's like, oh, well, wow. Like, look, I had more sales in this area. Could I, uh, you know, do this extra program? Is it maybe is it time to let a program go, um, a product go? Uh, that type of thing. Uh, you know, it's just, it's like questions basically that come through, but you can't allow those questions to come through if you don't do the work to start to look at, basically look at your numbers and look at the data. Yeah, I agree. And so um, when you start asking these questions and you start to get these intuitive hits and nudges, um, you said, don't ignore follow the fear. You're, you're talking about following it. So really look at that resistance and look at that fear. That would be a great uh, next step. Yeah. And, and two, like, you know, we always want to do one or the other. Like we always want to just like do a tactical thing and do or do a spiritual thing basically. And so what I'm suggesting here is that you really become comfortable with doing both. Like there is an action that happens and there is, you know, an inner work that you do. So like, I guess what I'm thinking of is, you know, a lot of people that want to start a business, they like, one of the first thing is, is really like start to become visible Yeah. and, you know, start to, whether it's, you know, going live or maybe showing pictures of yourself or talking about like your spiritual work or whatever. So there's both the action of becoming visible of like posting on social media, talking to your family, putting your offers out there. And then there is like the inner work where we work with the fear and we work with, you know, how can I make this possible? Mm. So it's both. Mm. And being visible, I noticed that is where abundance blocks linger because people feel uh, afraid to be visible. They feel afraid to really shake things up and to show their true selves. Um, and being visible also sometimes will equate to that fear of judgment. That's another big abundance block. <laughs> and so these things show up. I mean, our business, so here's like, like, Full disclosure, our business is the, the catalyst for all of our internal growth, our mindset shifts, our intuition expansion. We can't put business in a category all by itself and be like, all right, see you later. I don't have time, but I'm going to focus on you and I'm not going to grow in, in spirituality or in, or in mindset. It's, it's all woven in together. It's all baked in within the same process. Yeah. And if you're living your life, you know, your personal finance one way, you can't do your business finance a different way. I mean, they are one and the other. If you are, are not, you know, taking care of your money in your personal life and you're not giving it the correct attention and you're 
not paying attention, you know, you're paying bills late and that type of thing, that's not going to correlate over to your business and be totally opposite. It's the same thing. Like, and it's the same thing in, you know, your spiritual healing or anything else. I mean, they really are a reflection of one another. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that when it, when bringing it around circle about what's your relationship with money, I think once you have your numbers, once you've asked those questions, once you've looked at your fear and you can really have an honest conversation about what is my relationship with money now? Because by doing that, it's almost like you just had a few like months of therapy with your partner. Like you're going in and you're, you're taking a look at like what's been going on, what you haven't been happy about, what you have been happy about having those like hard conversations with your partner. Um, But it's worth it because you know, you're invested and you're committed to that relationship. And if it's something that you're committed to in your life, you say, look, I'm, I'm done. I'm done being broke. I'm done having this money BS in my life. And I'm committing to having more financial freedom. That is how you maintain that relationship with your money. You keep looking at it. And I know like when I first started making, I mean, when you have a launch, you have a, you have an inflow of money coming in. And so it's like, oh my gosh. And it's overwhelming. And it's like, woo, who wants a new couch? Like, you know, like that's, that's how my personality is. I'm like, let's buy the things that we've been needing to buy and haven't bought yet. And then it's like, whoo, oh, wait a minute. Because there's that, we talk about that, that temperature gauge where you're, you're used to a certain level and it all comes in like, no, 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 no. This isn't comfortable. Let's go back. And that's where you self-sabotage too. And that's where business owners get into so much trouble because they're like, oh, I just had this launch. And then you you think that it's there. This is goes back to like, well, you think everything's okay, but do you actually know? Like, do you know what all is going on? And so that's like the perfect opportunity for you to self-sabotage and like, nope, it's, we're too high. We got to come back down. And then, you know, so that's where you really hurt your progress. Yeah. And I think the other thing I will say is, because I really want to have an honest conversation about this, is that in the world of online business, there are lots of expenses that that you have to have in order to run certain platforms or online software or team, you know, paying for a team. There are expenses that it takes to run online business. There are some that are not necessary when you first start, but to have an honest conversation with people going into it. And we talk about this a little bit in Business Made Simple as well, but we'll have further conversations because it's really easy to hide behind big number launches. There are a lot of people out there who are in multiple six and seven figure businesses who are like the experts in their field. And they are doing that same high, low, high, low, high, low, high, low. And what you're not seeing is you might see their top number, which is what's coming in, but you're not seeing all of the minus these expenses, minus these ads, minus these team members, minus these whatever. And some, and a lot of those people are actually really broke for sure because they, and they're not talking about it. And that's the thing too. Like you're not taught, they're they're not talking about it. They have these big launches and they aren't paying themselves because they, they probably don't feel worthy. Oh, I can't pay myself that much money. 
and, and they're overspending, over delivering all that stuff. So yeah, those are, these are all conversations that we have um, inside the program. But I mean, just overall, it comes back to, in my mind, it's all just like that ego wanting to self-sabotage. Yeah. And it's good. I mean, it's good to know these things because then once you have the awareness, then you can catch yourself in the act. Like, okay, I'm having this desire to to regulate the temperature again. (laughs) Who's got the AC? We've got to turn it down. Right? Because probably for, for many people is that you've lived your life the majority of the time sort of in, in stress and in a state of like lack. And so when that heat starts to turn up and the money starts to come in like heavy, it's like, oh my gosh. So it's like, <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, it's too hot, right? So it's like catching yourself in that moment of like the, the desire in your brain that says, oh, you know, we should buy, we should buy a pretty luxurious family vacation. Well, hold on a sec. <laughs> Let's look at the numbers. <laughs> right, exactly. So I love these steps. And I would love to know if you, I know I have a few tricks I love to share about tricks to get that flow to start because I know some people are just really like full on stuck and like can't get the, the gears to shift. So do you have any tricks that get the flow to start uh, moving? Yeah, so I mean, obviously like the meditation type process, but that just sounds so heavy when you say it like that. But basically like what I do is I kind of just get quiet. I just kind of like, instead of trying to force things, because that's what we just want to force it. Like, Oh, we just, we need the answer right now, you know? So instead of doing that whole forceful thing is really just getting quiet And that could necessarily, I mean, that doesn't necessarily like, you know, sit here and meditate, but that could mean just to quiet the storm going on in your head Mm -hmm. of like, you know what, I'm just going to let this be for now, move on with my day, move on with my week and just kind of let it come back. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like one of the first things that I do, you know, obviously like, you know, meditating, talking to your guides, that type of thing. So but I really think sometimes you just have to take a step back and just like let everything kind of just calm down Ooh. for a minute. And what you just described is the, the quieting the storm and meditating is, and doing something different, letting, like letting things settle is called shifting your attention because we all have heard the phrase, we've probably seen the cute like quote cards, <laughs> is you are where your attention is. If your attention is in the middle, in the eye of the storm, and it's in, <laughs> it's in this like whirling state of lack, you are that lack. Versus if you let that storm kind of calm down and swirl around somewhere else, and you can go, well, I'm going to go do this other activity. I'm going to go see some friends. I'm going to go watch a funny video. I'm going to go out in nature. I'm going to go do something else to shift my attention. You're also shifting that story. And the storm can't spin if you're not involved in it. Yeah, exactly. So that's a really great tip. One of the things that I really like to do regularly is donate, um, mm. whether it's donating clothing, toys, furniture, um, home goods, money. If I am donating and I'm giving away, it's actually a really strong magnet to pull financial abundance back to me. Because just like- I love that you said that. So that really brought up for me is when I was like working through my own money story, 
I, I have a teenage son. Uh, he's an adult now, but when he, when I was starting this, uh, you know, teenagers like need stuff all the time. And when he would come to me and he would like ask me, Oh mom, I need money for this. I need money for that. When I was starting to shift my own story around money and I was starting to do this work, I remember that I started to be like, you know what? I'm not going to like stress when I give him the money. Like, you know, I'm going to give him the money with a heart of abundance, with the heart of like, oh, I'm so grateful that I have the money that I can give him so he can go out, you know, and whatever it was he needed or whatever. Instead of this heart of like, again, yes. And that there is where the magic can come in is when you change your perspective and you change your heart around your giving, even if it's to your bills, like instead of standing in the line to pay your light bill, like, oh my gosh, thank you that I have light right now, that I have the money that I can pay my light bill, that I can pay my mortgage, that I can pay my coach. I mean, that's the other thing too, because that was like always a really hard thing was like, but how are you actually giving the the thing or giving the money? Are you giving it with a heart of abundance and the heart of gratitude? Yeah. I love that. And I think that also when you're handing over whatever it's, even if it's cash to somebody or it's a gift that you're giving somebody, that energy and that stigma is still in that transaction. If you're sighing exhaustively and you're like, oh my God, another thing. Like that energy is happening within the exchange. And then you're repeating these cycles that over generations are keeping you broke. So what Heather is also saying without saying is that she's breaking these cycles. She's breaking these familial patterns in the exchange. So she's teaching her son that I'm giving with joy. I'm giving with gratitude and I'm happy to do this. There's more. It's changed my relationship so much with my son too. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the things that I have seen come out of my son in the last two years that I've been doing this work, my son has actually been doing like other work, but very similar. Like it's just, it's completely changed my life. That's all I, 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 I can see. I could go on another like tangent about this, but my son is just in this place. I mean, I remember he called me one time and, and we were talking about like this, like joy and this abundance and this type of thing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Well, so one of the things that I would love to challenge our listeners and I guess viewers with um, is actually creating some money right now. And one of the things that we do during intuition week, which is like, just like a fun, playful exercise that I love to see what happens because I always know what's going to (laughs) happen, which is I challenge you to manifest a quarter. Now I'm going to pause there and come back. We are always manifesting. Let me just clear the air on that one. Some people are like, oh my gosh, I totally manifested that. I'm like, you manifested everything. Everything, <laughs> everything in your physical world is a manifestation. <laughs> yeah, like it's literally a manifestation. My notebook, my phone, this call, it's all a manifestation. A manifestation means it came from this visual or energetic field and it's made into the physical realm. That's all that it means. But we make it mean something like really crazy. Like, oh my God, I performed a magic trick. Look, a bunny out of a hat. Manifest. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Okay. And what, so let me go back to the exercise and the challenge I give, I'm giving you. 
I'm not saying go dig in your change purse in the usual places where you find quarters. I am saying what Heather has been saying, which is how can I make this happen? We're opening up this question with detachment. And the reason why I say a quarter is because your life is not going to be changed and altered. You're not going to be completely freaking out if you get the quarter or if you don't get the quarter and how fast you get the quarter. Although some people do, and it's it's like awesome to watch that happen too, (laughs) is that you're allowing it to show up for you in an unexpected way. You're allowing yourself not to go dig in the change purse or go dig out pockets from the laundry. You're allowing it to present itself to you in a way that you didn't expect, to be surprised by its presence. And some people are probably going to look down right now wherever they are, and they're going to find a random 10-cent piece, a 25-cent piece. And then there are people who are going to get the random check in the mail for $5,000. There's the random person who is open up to find that quarter and opening that door to abundance to show up and a client who's been owing the money for ages suddenly pays them in cash. Like literally, and these are real, real, these are real examples that I have seen. You have seen them too. Yes. Within these, this, this kind of challenge that I pose, people open up the door for this little thing to show up and they're taking like photos of hundreds of dollars or whatever their currency is in their country. Cause I've seen all kinds of really cool looking money <laughs> through for just asking this one question. So how can it be easy and how can it be fun? How can I allow this to come in? And when you can start just allowing more ease and more playfulness, and when you can start to look at money the way that Heather's presented, like this is a relationship. And I like being a little spontaneous, a little playful in my relationship. Like I don't mind. And also PS on the note of allowing things to come in. The thing that I think we're talking about this, last year when we opened up Business Made Simple, but uh, but gratitude and abundance are very closely related. And so yeah. it could be somebody who is paying you a compliment, right? Yeah. Just accept it. So that's part of accepting abundance and shifting that money story and shifting those blocks. So somebody, it could be paying you in a coffee. It could be paying you in a free meal. Like all of these things are symbols of abundances everywhere. So if your friend, like Heather and I go out to dinner one night and I'm like, okay, I got it. If she's like, no, 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 no. And she's like, <laughs> what is she saying to abundance coming in? She's like, not no, no, she's closing off that flow. So I know it might sound silly or like that's not related at all, but it's completely oh, it totally related. Is. Yeah. And I mean, too, like even when somebody's like, oh, I love your shirt. I love your top. And you're like, oh, this old rag. Oh, I got this at the Goodwill. You know, whatever you you want to, re- you essentially you're rejecting the comp- compliment. So really pay attention to those things because these are all things that are, are really blocking we talk about blocking the flow of abundance and money that is really a something that is creating a block for you yeah agreed so so we have a bunch of steps that heather has shared with you guys we've got a little challenge to manifest a quarter people find you on all the social platforms that where they where so um i am one of those people who are pretty much only on facebook I know you're supposed to be on a bunch of things, but you know, I, I just kind of take action imperfectly. And so I'm mostly found on Facebook. I 
answer all of my own private messages and stuff like that. So, I mean, most of the part, that's where you can find me. And then I have a website. So. Great. So we'll tag you in the podcast show notes. We are going to share this video on Facebook. So we'll make sure that we tag you. Thank you, Heather, for being here. Thank you guys for listening, for watching. If this was helpful, share it out with a friend. Um, If you're on the podcast, head over to iTunes right now. Give us a review. Those are the best gifts for us. You know, we love to provide you free content every single week. And one of the best ways to just say thank you is through review and to share it with a friend. Um, at the time of this recording, we're crushing downloads. It's like, I mean, I was hoping that this would go well and it's like exceeded all my expectations. You guys like, thank you for being listeners. Um, it only, it only makes me want to do more. So really it's all your fault. (laughs) All right, you guys, thank you for being here and I'll see you on the next episode. Hey there, it's me again. Hoping you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, feel free to leave a comment, a review, share with friends, or just post on your story about this episode. Talk to you next week.